Well, good evening, everyone. Whether you're online or right here in the room, we're, appreci- we're so appreciative of you being here this evening. If you have your Westover app and you want to join us, our notes are there. Or if you have your Bible, join me in Ephesians chapter 6. It's in the New Testament. We've been on a series this year entitled Stronger Families. Tonight, we're going to talk about parenting strong. Parenting strong. We're going to try to outline ways that we as believers, as, as believers, we can parent strong against the headwind that we're facing in our society that's really telling believers to, to uh, vacate your values, give up on your values, and just kind of travel with society down this road of tolerance. We want to give you some We want to give you some principles and insights on how you can parent strong. You say, I'm not a parent. Stay with me. And I'm going to show you why you're messed up tonight. It was your parents that messed you up and how that happened, okay? So we're going to look into God's Word and let God God speak to us. Parenting today, parenting strong, we have to be actively involved in parenting. Christian values are under attack in America today. In our culture... It is, well, what was accepted as a value are uh, just honesty and integrity and morality. That, that's, that's looked at passe. That, that, that's considered archaic today. You, you don't tell kids what to do. You let them explore what to do. There are parents today that are not naming their kids. Have you heard about it? Not naming their kids and letting them get old enough to name themselves. What? What? Absolutely. That, that's because we, we don't want to impose our wish or our, our, we don't want to label them. We're going to let them, when they're toddler, we're going to let them decide what their name is. Can I tell you, God has, God is telling us that we need to set boundaries in parenting. And I'm going to invite us tonight to step away from the the background noise of culture, go back to the Bible and let's parent the way the Bible teaches us to parent. And can I tell you, it'll work. It'll work. If you have your Bible, join me in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. It's on the Westover app as well. It it opens up with this, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with, with a promise. That's the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. So it may be well with you that you may enjoy long life on earth. Now, that's the outcome. You say, well, pastor, that's for the kids. You, you should go into kids' church and preach that to the kids. Ah, that's what I want, but they won't do it. That's why verse number four is there for us. Let's go on one more verse. Verse. Okay, now that's what we're going after. Because if, if we raise them in the, the fear of the Lord, if we raise them to honor, then guess what? It adds long life to them. Verse number four. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Don't be in an argument with them all the time. Don't, don't let there be hostility in the house. Don't call them knuckleheads and stupid and just be in constant conflict with them. 
Don't do that. Instead, what do you do? Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. God has a solution. God has an alternative for the home. Bring them up in the training. Training refers about education and the training of the Lord. I'm glad your kids go to school, and I hope they get on the honor roll. But your kids need training in the Lord. Are you following me? That's why kids need to be in church. And that's why kids need to be an age-appropriate level. Because six-year-olds don't listen and don't understand what's taught on an adult level. They're not getting the training they need. The kids need to be trained. And then it also says the instruction. Not only training them, but admonishing them. It's not the church's job to do all the training. The, we train them here, but, but you should be training them at home. Do you have a devotion? You ought to establish devotion. Two or three times a, a week, you ought to sit down with your kids and, and take 15 minutes, <coughs> excuse me, 15 minutes, read a verse and have a devotion moment and impart something to them. And in that, you are admonishing them. So with good training, that's education, and admonishment, Raise them up in the instruction of the Lord. Now, the question is always when you talk about, about kids, raising kids and educating kids, and they call that pedagogy in the, in the intellectual circle. Uh, pedagogy is the, is the education of children. And the question always is, is it nature or is it nurture? Is it nature or nurture? Can I say every one of your kids have embedded in them the nature, the image of God. We were created in the image of God. So there is a nature part. God created. God put that in them. God wired them. But there is also, according to Ephesians chapter 6, there is this this uh, in admonishment. There's this instruction. There is this nurturing in the Lord. Do you know they have studied that birds, birds of the same species but are in different regions of the world can actually sing and hit, hit different acoustical sounds than the same birds in a different part of the world? That is to say a certain bird in this region of the world has octave expressions that the same bird in another part of the world doesn't have that octave expression to be able to do it has the nature to do it but for some reason in this region the birds mimicked and picked up a vocal sound and add that into their singing that the birds in this area didn't and what they determined they both have the nature but one was not nurtured and cultivated with the ability to do it has the ability but was never nurtured in it that's like our kids your kids, our kids, our children, God gave them a spirit. There is spirit in them. Can I tell you, you have an ally because they're, they're primarily a spiritual being. And as parents, if we can tap into that and cultivate that, we can bring out the God nature in them. Now with that, let me just, as I go into this for a little bit, let me talk a little bit 
for blended families where there is a step parent in the home. Jesus will tell us in Matthew chapter 12, a house divided cannot stand. Now, when you come together, understand they're different ages, and sometimes you come in and they're teenagers, but there are step parents in the home. Let me talk to step parents. Step parents, it's important that you be together and be united, that you get your hearts and minds together. You say, but wait a minute. I have one value, and he and she has a different value. I'm calling both step-parents to follow what Scripture says, bring them up in the training of the Lord, and the Lord. And what I want to invite you to do, don't get caught up on a parenting style because that's the way it was in the home I was raised in. And that's used in homes. I was raised this way. And this is how my kids do it. Those are your kids you do. Can I say, that is very destructive for children. Moms and dads, you need to get together and unite your hearts, but it not be a battle of wills. I ask you to go back to Scripture. Does it nurture the things of God in their life? Does it teach them the things of God? And does it admonishment? Does it admonish them in the things of God? And if there's anything that's not admonishing them in the things of God, doesn't matter how we were raised, change that for the sake of your children. Because a house divided cannot stand. And I want to ask step-parents to get together and no more, you can't tell my kids that and I'm not going to tell your kids that. You parent the way you want and my kids, can I tell you, that That is something Satan is exploiting in blended families today. And I call blended families to join together. Raise your children in the instruction and in the admonishment of the Lord. Go back to the Bible and let the Bible be our authority and not our personality and not just the way we were raised. Now, that's good preaching, whether there was, there was no amens in that right there, okay? But I can't, yeah, that's good, that's some good teaching right there. Go back and establish God's Word as the foundation. Now, with that, I want to share with us four parenting styles. There is one parenting style the Bible endorses, but there are four recognized parenting styles in the American culture today. The first parenting style is the neglectful. And that is, that is the parent that is, that is giving up. This is characterized in the home with low nurturing and low discipline. Neglectful. This is the hands-off parent. Do what you want. Go up to the room. Do whatever you want to. Just, just get out of my hair. Uh, low nurturing. Don't spend quality time, don't bond, but also low discipline. I'm not going to mess with them, just keep them out. These, these, are the, these are the kids that are babysitted by electronic devices. These, these are the kids, you just assume they'd be out at a friend's house or a cousin's house than at home. Low nurturing, low discipline, ignoring boundaries, Allowing disrespecting of authority. This is, this is the, these are the, the 11 year olds 
that speak disrespectfully to mom and dad. Disrespectfully to mom and dad. They grow up and they have no respect for authority. Low nurturing. They don't feel, they don't feel loved, secure in the home. They, 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 they don't have the strong nurturing of a positive family. Is that because of marital trouble? Whatever the, whatever the case is. But they're experiencing low nurturing in the home. Low discipline. Can I tell you, society builds buildings to keep these kids in. It's called prisons. The highest, the highest population in America where they were, where children grew up in a neglectful home, low nurturing, low discipline, the highest representation is going to be in prison today. The neglectful home. Number two is the aggressive parenting. This is giving a lot of orders. This is low nurturing, but high discipline. This is the heavy-handed parent. This is the stern parent. This is the, this is the home where the rules are the most important thing. Things you don't touch, things you don't do. Everything has to be in its place. Don't do this, don't do this, be here at a certain time. Very high rule, high discipline. If you do anything wrong, you know about it immediately. But you can do good all the time and it's ignored. Good goes unrewarded, low nurturing. But there is a high demand and high expectation of the rules, the regulations, and the responsibilities in the home. Kids in this environment tend to grow up and have very poor communication skills. Moreover, they tend to be anxious or angry, and they grow up to be the work of holics as adults. Why? They never learn to relax. They never learn to have fun. Being at home was being on duty all the time. There was always something to do. There was always something to tend to. That the bedroom was ex- inspected and this was kept clean and this was kept clean. And if you, if you made a B, you should have made an A. If you made an A, you should have made an A+. It was the rules and the regulations and demands were set very high. High discipline, but low nurturing. These are the persons today that the workaholics. They live for work because all they know to do is they know to perform. And if they don't become the workaholics, they internalize it. And as adults, they're very angry all the time. They're angry in relationships because they don't know how to get the good out of a relationship. And this is the person in a marriage that will say, you know, I do this and I pay the bills and I go to work and I do this and I take care of this and I buy her this or I do this for him and I do this for him and I do this for him. But I just, it just, it's not there. I don't know. It's not, I just don't have what it takes. And it's because relationship is all duty. And often that is a product of the home they were raised in. Low nurturing, high discipline. The third, the third parenting style, the permissive. Permissive. High nurturing, but low discipline. 
I mean, tell, we love them. I mean, just indulge them. Buy them anything they want. You, the, 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 this, is, this is the home with six and seven-year-olds with, with phones already. I mean, yeah, give them one a phone. Let, 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 let them have a phone. Indulge them. Yeah, we just, just do whatever you want. Very low rules, very low discipline, but you think you just indulge and spoil them. This is the home where, where the little girl starts dating in 11 and 12. Oh, she, she, I, I trust her and she likes it and the boys like her and 11 and 12, she's already dating. Spoiled, indulged, the parents are uninvolved, typically inconsistent with rules uh, because the parent, the parent wants to be the friend of the child. I just, and I hear this from time to time. I just want to be my kids' friends. I, I, want, I want to be their best friend. No, no, no. Your children's best friends ought to be their age. The best friend of a 12-year-old ought to be a 12-year-old. The best friend of a 15-year-old ought to be a 15-year-old. Nowhere in the Bible does it say parents were to be their friends. It says we're to be their parents. And if you will parent right, you will have a good, friendly relationship when they're older, when they get through the maturity process. Don't focus on being their friend. Focus on being their parent. This is the parent, the the high-nurturing, low-discipline that ends everything with an okay. Well, 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 you go ahead and clean your room. Is Is that okay? Is it okay with you that we do this instead of this? Is it okay with you if we do this? Is it okay with you to do homework or not? Is it, is it okay with you to go to church? Is it okay with you to eat this or would you want something? Everything is an okay. The, pa- the kids are making all the decisions in the home. And the parents are abdicating that to them. And this is the child that will grow up. And when they have to get a job... And they have to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning. And they come in at 8.45. And the boss is upset. They're going to quit their job or they're going to get fired. And they're going to say, it's unfair. It's unfair. They're going to walk through life with a sense of entitlement. And then what they do is they go into relationship. And in a relationship, a marital relationship, they tend to be, they tend to be the taker and not the giver in the relationship. They tend to think it's all about making them happy and not mutual love and mutual sharing. And they, they just can't get the idea that there is something they need to do and they take ownership over it. And this is the person that tends to blame somebody else. You see, the indulged child the high nurturing, low discipline, the reason they don't get good grades is the the teacher doesn't like them. The teacher wasn't fair. The teacher didn't cover that in the review. But later on, the boss was not fair. And later on, the government's not fair. And later on, their spouse is not fair. And later on, it, it keeps going on and on and on and on in life. And what is it a product of? It's a product of having a high-nurturing, low-discipline home. And this is the parent that's always 
giving in. Giving in. There's, there's something every parent needs to learn. Can I, can I help every young parent here with something? Every young parent. I, 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 I have a teaching on parenting. Four things every child must learn from their parents. Win, lose, sit out, and be funny. And one of them, one of these days I'll, I'll reteach that here, okay? But one of them is to sit out. You need to teach your kids to sit out. What does that mean? Not every time when you go out to eat do they need to have a dessert. Why? Because they need to learn they can't have everything they want every time. You say, but we can afford it. We can afford it. That's all right. I know you can afford it. Teach them they don't get everything they want every time. There is something learned by sitting out, not getting what you want every time, not being indulged. They learn the ability to just be flexible with life and not cave in. It teaches them a life skill of coping. And you do that by just saying, this time you can't. Well, why? We're not playing that game this time. Why can't I? Because I said we're not. You're going to sit this one out. It teaches them the ability to just cope with life. Let's go on. Parenting skill number four. Parenting style number four. And that's the assertive parent. This is giving choices. This is high nurturing and high discipline. This is the healthiest. High discipline, high nurturing. This is giving children clear boundaries. This is telling them what they can do and what they can't do. This is, this is setting boundaries. We don't do this, we don't do this, we don't do this, but you can do and you can do. This is the home where when they're disciplined, kids always still respect their parents and the love relationship between uh, parents and, and children are not undermined. They may not agree, they may pout, they may be upset, but you have in there high discipline and high nurturing. Now, now let me emphasize this. Wherever you are on the spectrum, it's important, two things, that your discipline and your nurturing match. Okay? Because you may be, you may be very nurturing, but if you take the discipline down, it's imbalanced. You take it too high, and it undermines the nurturing. They don't feel the nurturing. They must be the same. And here it is. Here it is. Parents agree. It's not he is disciplined and she is nurturing. Don't say this. You're going to get a whipping when your dad gets home. He's going to ground you. And don't defer everything to him. Dad, don't be the disciplinary all the time. And, or don't be the rewarder all the time. Don't be the one that comes in. Mom has to be the disciplinary and you're on a business trip and gone for a week and come in and just spoil them and just be Mr. Santa Claus and just indulge them with stuff. Both parents need to be balanced in discipline and in nurturing. The scriptures tell us, uh, Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 6, start children off in the way they will go. And when, they old, when they're old, they will not turn from it. And you know that's both true and the good and the positive. 
There's so many times I speak and, and pray with people, and they're even in my office at times, and I'm trying to help them, and it goes back to how they were raised. They were started off that way, and now as an adult, they're continuing in that pattern. If it's negative, it's called dysfunction. But if it's positive, it's called a value. Parents, what we do and what we say, how we communicate, how we reward, and how we discipline is very important. It begins to build the framework for the life that our kids are going to live in. So let me share with you, if I can, rules for strong parenting. This is not on the app. I, I didn't put it on there because I didn't know how much time I would have. And I have 10, and I probably won't get to all 10, but can I share some with you? These are rules for being a strong parent. Number one, learn to value your children's discomfort even, uh, excuse me, learn to value your children's discomfort when it teaches them a lesson. Don't let them pout their way out of something. There is a value in your children having some discomfort. Can I say, can I appeal to you? Moms and dads, when your child comes home and says, this happened at school, don't just believe everything you hear immediately. Don't run up to the school pounding your fist on the table. It's unfair. You need to rewrite the school policy. You need to change everything because my little sweetheart didn't like it. Okay? My little sweetheart wasn't at the front of the line, was at the back of the line. Uh, he was supposed to be with the one with the orange Crayola today, and he didn't have the orange Crayola today, and we go up enraged. Do you know what? Sometimes, sometimes we just need to teach our kids, that's life. You know what? Somebody at school... Somebody at school did this and the teacher came over and thought I did this and disciplined and wouldn't let me be the first one to paint today. Instead of getting upset and going up there and demanding and wanting to talk to the school board, it would do your kids good to say, guess what? That's life. That's life. Things happen in life and you're going you're gonna to get over it. You're going to get over it. This happened today at school, and it embarrassed me. Can I tell you what my parents used to say? Nobody ever died of embarrassment. You'll get over it. We need to teach our kids the ability to just cope. Learn to value your children's discomfort when it teaches them a life lesson. Number two, always give reason for your rules. If you're going to give a rule, give a reason. If it's, if it's restrictions on a phone or not even allowing them to have a phone, give them a reason. If, the reason. if you can't afford it, then just tell them, we can't afford it. Or I don't think you should have it. I don't think a, an eight-year-old needs to have a phone. Then tell them that. Uh, no, you can't go over there because that's not kind of the kind of friend I want you to be. Whatever it is. If we're going to give a rule, explain the rule to your kids. Number three, be consistent. Do what you say you will do. Be consistent. Dad, if you promise you're going to take him to the movie, if you promise with a report card this is going to happen, 
If you promise that you're going to take them down to the parade during fiesta, and that day it's 98 degrees, buy some iced tea, put on shorts, but go down to the parade. If you say we're going to go to church on Sunday, and one gets up whiny, we're going to church on Sunday. Do what you say you will do, which leads me to the next. Don't give in to whining. You would do well because that is a battle of wills. Whining, whining is a battle of who's going to win. Okay? And can I tell you, parents, if, if, you, if you have a child, can I tell you? Your child is going to have a meltdown in the grocery store. Don't feel shamed or embarrassed. Every parent that has happened to them. And I don't know who did it. I don't know who did it. But God ought to curse them with boils. Whoever put the candy rack right at the checkout counter at the grocery store. Are you following me, parents? What they, and it's, it's on their level, isn't it? It's just, it's, it's right on their level. Just, no, and no, don't get it. And, you, and you're trying to take care of this. And have you ever noticed it's behind you where you can't see it? It's located to your back because you're attending and watching and doing the coupons. And your kids are back there. Uh, God ought to strike whoever did that with boils. Just to get even on that. Amen? Number... Four, five, or six, wherever I'm at. Help children see their behavior as a problem they can solve. Don't label them. Don't tell them they're bad. Don't tell them they're stupid. Don't tell them they're terrible. Don't tell them they're full of the devil. Okay? Oh, I got somebody there, huh? Oh, I got, I got somebody on that one. What, what do you want to do? You want to help your children see that their behavior is a problem they can solve. What you can do is say, okay, we're going to talk about it, but we're not going to yell. We're, we're going we're, we're to discuss it. Help them solve their problem. Give them problem-solving skills. Parents, you're going to equip them for life. Do you know, but by the way, just share a little insight here about parenting. Do you know, do you know parents when you, when you're setting your children up and teaching them the value and the ability of repentance? Can I tell you when it happens? Can I tell you where it happens? Studies have revealed the theology of repentance comes when your children are in high chairs. When they are doing things and they drop it on the floor and you say, uh-oh. <laughs> and you pick it up and put it back on. When they knock something over and you set it back up, children learn then mistakes can be corrected. And it happens by age two. Did you know that? There are little life lessons that are taught 
all through the developmental years that later on they can grasp on that when they do have a problem and they do mess up, I can say to them, "Uh uh-oh, but God's grace is going to cover that for you. And they learn mistakes can be corrected and made right again. You're teaching them life lessons. Let's go on. Don't allow your children to transfer their problems to you. Don't allow your kids to transfer your problems to you. Parents, don't don't get into this. You are unfair. Mom, you're too hard. Dad, you're too strict. Don't allow that. Set the boundary. If it gets to that moment, it's time they go to their bedroom or it's bedtime for them. Don't allow your kids to transfer the problem to you. And they'll try it. They'll try to make you the problem. Because every other parent allows their kids to have one. Every other parent, they're going to tell you, allows their kids to do it. You're the only one on planet Earth that doesn't allow them to do that. You're the only parent on planet Earth that has that rule. That's what they're going to tell you. Don't allow yourself to be perceived as the problem. Let me jump down. I have time for about one more. This is important. Bad behavior earns a child into discipline. But parents, may I add, allow good behavior to earn them out of discipline. Please allow that. If bad behavior is going to ground them for a week, if if bad behavior is going to take away privileges from them, whatever the privilege is, if bad behavior gets them into discipline, when they're put into discipline, give them a plan how good behavior can get them out. Because that concept is all throughout Scripture. Do you know the Bible says that our sin will put us into God's punishment, God's discipline. But guess what? The moment we repent and we change our life, guess what we do? God says, come back, I love you, and I'll bring blessing back into your life. And here's what I want to advise parents to do. When you give them discipline, outline the discipline. You can't do this for two weeks unless, unless, fill it in. Show them how they can get out of a week of that. Show them how they, can, how they can earn their way back into that. Instead of just disciplining the wrong. For you see, if you just discipline the wrong but give them no plan to get out of it, discipline will always feel like punishment. And you don't want your children to feel punished. You want them to feel disciplined. So discipline allows, discipline allows a pathway out. Give your kids a way they can earn themselves out of discipline, out of the grounding or out of the the loss of privileges because good behavior is what we're seeking to cultivate with with them anyway, correct? Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. I'm going to wrap it up right here. 
this was an effort to just give us some practical teaching tonight on how we can be strong parents. Parents, God intends you to win in the home. God intends for your kids to win. And God has placed you as a steward and a guardian over their heart and over their life. And if we apply God's principles, can I tell you, we get God's result. Apply God's principles, you get God's results. And I'm going to invite you, follow God's direction. Train them up in the instruction of the Lord. Build that as your foundation, and they will be equipped for a successful life. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now for parents, and some are are caught in battles in the home particularly some of the blended families. And that's been very contentious in the home and even in the marriage. And I pray, God, that step-parents will come together and unite. They won't be divided. And they will give up their, their preferences and parent according to God's Word and not be reactive and not be negative and blaming. But as, a, as husband and wife together can join together and raise their children in the good things of God. I pray for parents who are facing a headwind of culture that's telling them to, to vacate and jettison biblical values. I call them back to follow God's word. And I pray, God, that they will see their kids grow in the things of God. I pray, Lord, that parents would avail themselves of kids' ministry and student ministry here. We, we provide so much to equip them and minister to their kids, and their kids need to be an age-appropriate ministry. And to God, I also, I also appeal that parents will establish a practice at home praying with their kids at home speaking values into their kids, at home imparting their values to them. And that strong parents will have strong families. If there's a family, God, that's, that's caught with, with something that's destructive or the enemy's exploited a moment and there's profound hurt and pain, God, I just pray for them. I pray for them, God. Just rescue them from that. Rescue them from that anger. Rescue them, God, from that that polarization. You want to see their family healed. And I pray that and believe that for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go in the love of the Lord.